submit a story, topic, or have any other inquiries, please email submit at skibanewsnation.com. Also, you can email Jeremiah Skiba personally at jeremiah at skibanewsnation.com. Also, email Jake personally at jake at skibanewsnation.com. If you want to write us a letter, send us something, help support us, or just say hi, please send your letter to Jeremiah Skiba, P.O. Box 560-271, The Colony, Texas 75056. If you write us a letter, I'll do my best to write you back. Hey, Skiba News Nation family, thank you for watching. Please like, share, subscribe, and click that notification bell so you never miss an episode of Skiba News Nation. If you want to help support us, please consider becoming a Patreon where you will get exclusive content, shoutouts, and much more. And you can also support our channel by getting yourself some new Skiba News Nation merch. Thank you for coming on this journey with us as we continue to stay on the quest for truth. Huge shout out to all our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for your support. We couldn't do this show without you. If you want to help support us, go to patreon.com forward slash Skiba News Nation. Also, you can listen to Skiba News Nation podcast on your favorite podcast platform. what it costs. I want to know what the truth is. And I hope that people, my son, anybody, if my name comes up, whether you like me, whether you agree with me or not, at least you could respect the fact that he's on a quest for truth. He's on a quest for truth. Welcome to Skiba News Nation. Bringing you unfiltered views, news, interviews, discussions, and more. And now, here's your host, Jeremiah Skiba, award-winning musician and son of Rob Skiba. Isn't it a place you can get to by a boat or a train? Is far, far away. Behind the moon. <laughs> beyond the rain. <laughs> Somewhere over the rainbow. Way up high. There's a Somewhere over the rainbow, these fly, boobs fly over the rainbow, why then, oh why can't Hey, Skiba News Nation family, welcome to episode 71 of Skiba News Nation. I wanted to start off with a little bit of laughter today. So, welcome to episode 71 of Skiba News Nation, your weekly source of the latest news, controversial topics, conspiracies, forgotten history, and so much more. I'm your host, Jeremiah Skiba, and today we're going to be talking about Dean Odell and Greg Locke, Flat Earth versus Globe Debate. Flat Earth 101 by Witsy Gets It. NASA documents prove the Earth is flat. 
the Taurus field? Army wants troops to rejoin who were fired for not complying. Journalists publishing Jeffrey Epstein's black book and the new IRS scheme, an all-new Opus Corner, and for history, we'll be talking about proof that recycling is a huge scam and Eddie Bravo predicting what happened at the hospitals during the pandemic. Memes and much more, so subscribe and stay tuned. As always, I'd like to introduce my great and insightful co-host, Mr. Jake Grant. Welcome, Jake. I have that video stuck in my mind now. I think it's horrifying, really. I don't think <laughs> The Wizard of Oz would have been so popular if uh, if uh, they had a gentleman singing that song with pigtails. Anya over the rainbow. <laughs> oh, man. Crazy. But what was that? AI? AI-generated Yeah, yeah I thought it was so funny. Facial swapping. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Voice wow. and facial swapping. It's crazy what they can do now. Anyways, it I wanted really to get did. I wanted to give a big shout out to uh, a company that made this shirt. They sent it to me. I'm trying to get it on camera. And uh, check out his Etsy channel. Uh, his name is Micah, and his Etsy channel is Patriot Apparel 805 on Etsy. So, if you want one of these cool flat Earth uh, kind of a knockoff of uh, kind of making fun of the North Face, go check him out. But anyways, I know you got some, some great current news for me today, don't you? Yeah, yeah, we, we have a, uh, a a deep rabbit hole flat earth episode for you guys this week because there's a big upcoming debate. I'll tell you all about it during our news segment. Okay, well before that, I found an, a flat earth video for you that I wanted to share with you. So can we play that, Opa? You think you know what the stars really are, then you're about to be in for a big surprise. Now the stars are not what you think and not what you have been told and I am going to prove it. Now first I want to show you guys how the Egyptians depicted the stars. They depicted the stars on the firmament. Now the firmament has been mentioned many times in the Bible and I want you to take note of this. And God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament and it was so. So once again when we look at the Egyptian depiction they're talking about the firmament and the stars on the firmament. Here's the Hebrew as you can see waters above the firmament and here are the stars. All of our ancestors knew the real truth about this realm. Now watch this. Now this is what a real close-up of the stars looks like under the most powerful zoom camera in the world, Nikon P900. This is what the stars really look like right here. Now there is a big difference of what NASA is telling you the stars are versus what they really are. Now once again, this is a close-up of the stars. Remember when I said waters above the firmament? What does this look like to you guys? These are frequencies of light within the waters above. This is what cymatics or resonant frequencies look like when pitched into water. It is the exact same thing. Now NASA is purposely hiding God's true creation because they do not want you to know how powerful you are. They want you to be asleep and they want you to be a slave. And the real truth is found within. So they want us to be a slave. That blew my mind the other day when I saw that. And I wanted to play it on the show because it, it literally blew my mind. I was like, whoa. So. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty profound, man, whenever you see that. And, you know, it, it's one of the reasons I wanted to share several videos today. I know there's people who watch our show that have never tapped into the topic, have never seen some of your dad's research. But I wanted to... Uh, put some videos together for everyone to see that there really is a topic worth investigating when it comes to flat earth um and it, whenever you see stuff like that it really makes you question because um, i mean once you understand the realm that we live in if it's not the spinning monkey ball hurling through space at 666,000 miles per hour then 
you start to look up and you start to realize that the creator's just above us. And, uh, and Christians today have more in common with flat earthers than they do the modern theory of evolution and heliocentrism. Because if you are somebody who claims that the Bible is truth and the creation account in Genesis is accurate, then whenever you look at the order of creation, you'll see that the sun, moon, and stars weren't created till day four. But what does modern science teach us? It teaches us that it was first a, a big gas giant that you know, drew together and, and ignited, turning into a star. And that star's gravity drew in little particles that eventually turned into planets. And, and the order of creation, according to the modern scientific principle, is reversed. And so even if you have trouble with the topic of flat earth cosmology, biblical cosmology, if you come from a faith-based perspective in the Bible, then you have more in common with a flat earther than you do what's taught in the classroom. Yep. And so you're going to be talking about that during the current news, right? I would assume. Yep. All right, yep. man. Well, let's dive right in. I'm excited. All right. All right, so before we get into the FE topic, uh, I wanted to share some of these important points with you guys. You know, today, truth is the new hate speech. And the war of what is considered truth is going on before our eyes. And those who seek to control the narrative are now using the tools of artificial intelligence to kind of tailor what we're able to access and uh, see on the internet and what information we can you know determine for ourselves is true or not they're deciding we no longer are smart enough or or whatever to be able to sift through the the bulk of information and come up with our own perspective we must accept the the official narrative whether it's in the medical system whether it's in the space <laughs> race system you know anything with a guy in a white lab coat or false flag events or whatever uh, you know, this is why it's so important to think for yourself. But what is the bastion of truth? What is the cornerstone of truth? You know, I would argue that it's the word of the Almighty, the you know, the scriptures. And here's an interesting uh, paragraph from the Screwtape Letters written by C.S. Lewis. And it's uh, a demon communicating with his hierarchy there. And it says this, My dear Wormwood, be sure that the patient remains completely fixated on politics arguments political gossip and obsessing on the faults of people they have never met serves as an excellent distraction from advancing in personal virtue character and the things the patient can control make sure to keep the patient in a constant state of angst frustration and general disdain towards the rest of the human race in order to avoid any kind of charity or inner peace from further developing Ensure that the patient continues to believe that the problem is out there. In the broken system, rather than recognizing there is a problem with himself. Keep up the good work, Uncle Screwtape. <laughs> These two demons communicating with each other on how to keep somebody from focusing on the most important things, right? And that's what we share on Skiba News Nation quite often is while all this news can be really depressing and, and you can kind of fall down the deep dark hole of conspiratorial depression right uh the most important thing is to build better create a community outside of the one that you think is so broken 
work on yourself, work on your family, work on your faith, work on your walk with your creator. And, and, you know, and, and that's the thing that the system tries to confuse us and, and misguide us away from. Uh, because if we start working on ourselves, then a lot of people working on themselves are better individuals that can then come together and change systems as a whole. And so that's why they don't want us doing that. Yeah. And, you know, how do we do that? You know, in the dark days coming ahead, you're going to need oil in your lamp, right? There's a, a Bible parable in the New Testament that talks about uh, the five virgins, the, the bridesmaids, and the five uh, uh, foolish virgins. And they had oil in their lamp, the ones that were able to go into the wedding feast. And those who ran out of oil uh, were told to go and buy it, and they missed their opportunity to go in when the bridegroom came back. And, and so the days are getting darker. And so what is the oil that we need in our lamp? Um, I would say it's this principle that the demon in the screw type letters was trying to distract their human from, right? Yeah. And, uh, and so here's the concept is, you know, this is a, a, a very basic principle in the book of James. Uh, so here's the Bible, right? And you're looking at the Bible, you're looking at the scriptures and how to work on your faith and your walk in this life. Because my personal opinion is that this life is kind of like the 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 testing grounds, the, the birthing chamber for what comes after, right? This is where we can use our free will to choose to love our creator and do what he wants. And, or we can choose to love ourselves, so love the world. And this is what it says in James 1, 22 through 24. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. And so if we think of these things that we learn in the scriptures, these, these challenges to be better, and we hear it, and it's, it tickles our ear, right? And we feel all good and fuzzy inside because we intellectually are accepting things. But we don't actually practice these very important concepts of, uh, of working on our own faith with fear and trembling, right? Then, you know, it's like looking in a mirror and having, a you know, like snot hanging out your nose and crazy hair and, you know, booger, booger eyes and, you know, slobber on your lips. You look in that mirror and you're like... Yeah, yeah, I look terrible. <laughs> and then walking away from that mirror without ever cleaning yourself up, you know, and that's what the whole world is trying to deceive us into being distracted from. Because right in front of us is the very principles that turns a soul from a, a disfigured, ugly, self-harmed thing into something that's beautiful that the Almighty cherishes, right? Yep. And uh, and so and that's why, you know, we use the scriptures as, uh, you know, a tool to work on ourselves. So anyways, uh, I wanted to share that concept. Um, and now we are going to get into some very fun and interesting flat earth related research. Uh, so, uh, you know, this is a new segment. So we have to start off with a very interesting video that was put out by the Russians right using google ai and the ai has concluded that the moon landing that uh, happened in the 60s and from america was fake 
and uh and so the significance of this is, of course, one of the biggest arguments that people say is against flat Earth is, oh, we've been to the moon, we've turned around and looked at the Earth, and it's not flat, it's a ball, you know? And so the reason I wanted to share this, it, it kicks us off on our little segment here, is if you can question uh, the biggest propaganda push that came from NASA during the 60s and 70s, then you can start to question the science and the space programs that we have today because they're still pushing the moon landing from 69, 70s uh, as absolute truth and proof oh, yeah. that, that you know we're in the cosmology that they present to us. So check this out. You're not going to be able to hear this, but it's okay. It's in Russian, so we're just going to look at the, uh, the subtitles. So this is them showing... AI debunking the American moon landing program to Putin. Uh, and this is just came out here uh, since the, I think, late November. Uh, so it, the neural network, thinks almost everything in this photo is fake, looking at the moon landing. Wow. While it by a Chinese lunar rover. So the AI still is, uh, you know, throwing in with the Chinese, I guess. But um, it believes this one is fake, pointing at the American landing. Yes, look, it's red. This is what Google's neural network thinks, not ours. Google's AI network. So there will be no bias. It's surprising, but it does believe so. Wow. The neural network has analyzed a lot of data including light and dark contrast and it believes the photo is synthetic very interesting Putin says <laughs> <laughs> very interesting indeed right it's interesting that they want us to hate this guy you know and they're exposing yeah. kind of what you know happened in the 60s <laughs> yeah yeah I mean there's definitely a lot of psyopery around uh, Putin you know, I, I will say all of these world leaders, we, we need to be suspicious of them uh, to some extent because there's a reason that sometimes they're presented in the way that they are to maybe lead people astray or whatever. But uh, I digress. Uh, it is very interesting that he has found it interesting that AI has debunked the uh, NASA landings from the 60s and 70s. But I will say it makes me suspicious, though, because it does say that the Chinese rover footage is not suspicious. So it <laughs> makes me question a little bit. But anyways, that brings us into why I think we needed to cover the Flat Earth topic today. Not only uh, to point people towards your dad's fantastic research over on the Rob Skeeble YouTube channel or at testingtheglobe.com, but there is a major debate between uh, two pastors coming up December 2nd that I think we're going to be covering live. So I wanted to get people prepared for this debate. Um, now this debate is going to be between Greg Locke of the mega church in Nashville, Tennessee and uh, Pastor Dean Odell, who I've run into several times at Flat Earth conferences over the years. He, he definitely was on the same page with your dad on the FE topic. Uh, kind of had some spats and disagreements with him over other eschatological and theological topics but um i will say this televised and recorded event at this megachurch pastor's church 
uh, could be a huge deal. And, you know, and hopefully Dean makes a good case for biblical cosmology. So let's go ahead and play this first video, which promos that debate. I'm telling you, God is not going to compromise truth. I'm sick of this flat earth, round earth, square earth, triangle earth. Is, I mean, do we take Genesis 1 literally or not? This is, this is the ridiculous level we have come to. And you think about it. If NASA and the space agencies, if they didn't exist, if there were no alleged moon landings or Mars rover or alleged pictures from space, would we believe? that we live on a spinning, flying ball. Is that what we see? Is that what we experience? Is that what we look at? No. Men would come, Paul said, and change the truth of God into a lie. They changed it into a lie. So there it is, December 2nd. And uh, we could probably yeah so he Very knew my dad cool. did he know my dad yes yes he knew your dad um they got along for the first conference or two but then they started having some back and forth between themselves regarding other theological topics uh such as you know the identity of israel and the scriptures and dispensational theology but that's besides the point we're talking about flat earth right now and yeah. they did agree on that topic um but with that said i wanted to share a really great compilation video and credits goes to uh, uh wits it gets it and uh he put this video together it's um wits it gets it uh flat earth kind of comprehensive questioning video to prepare our viewers for that live debate because while they will be covering the biblical premise of it and debating that back and forth, I don't know if they're going to get into the science. So I wanted to cover some of the questions that have been presented over the past few years uh, from the scientific perspective regarding the cosmology that we live in and the realm that we live in. So uh, check out this Wits It Gets It video on Flat Earth. Claim number two is that the Earth is a sphere with a radius value of 3,959 miles. Supposedly, the Earth is 25,000 miles in circumference, 24,901 to be specific. And the distance from the center of this sphere to the edge is roughly 4,000 miles. It's a very specific size sphere that's supposedly tilted, wobbling, and spinning, flying through space. So we can test that claim. Just like we tested the claim of the Earth is moving, we can test the claim of the shape. So the globe Earth model makes very specific dimension claims. If these dimensions are falsified, the entire model is falsified. So there's a depiction to show you of course what a radius is everything uses this r value this radius value gravity day and night cycle the distance to the sun and the moon supposedly how they go to space they need a radius of orbit they need a distance from the center to the surface of the earth and the distance from the surface up to where they supposedly are in orbit to get your radius of orbit if this value is not true the entire model is immediately falsified even distances to places on the earth etc everything about it it boils down to this number if you're actually seeking the truth you would immediately go and examine 
am in this number. The horizon is merely an apparent location. The horizon is defined as where the sky appears to meet the ground. Sky ramps down to the eye level, converging into the horizontal vanishing line or the horizon. And that's, of course, where you get the word horizontal from. And then the ground's ramping up to the eye level, converging into the horizontal vanishing line. And that vanishing line changes based on atmospheric conditions. So sometimes it's closer, sometimes it's further away because there's more turbulence in the atmosphere. There's more density. There's different temperatures. There's different humidity. There's different obstruction. If the Earth is a sphere with a radius value of 3959, then that horizon horizon is where that arrow meets the surface there. It's going to give you a physical horizon that's curving in all directions always. The horizon moves around. So we don't see an actual physical place or anything. We see an apparent place. The globe would claim, oh, there's an actual physical curve there that's causing the horizon. But since there's an atmosphere, it constantly moves around. You can never see the actual position. And just like you stand at the end of a long hallway or you look down a long street with street lights, you'll see that things above you look like they're converging down. Things below you look like they're converging up and they look like they converge into each other in the middle vanishing point. The horizon line is not physical. If you see the optical diffraction limit, and this is a mirroring zone here, you see where it looks like the boat is up floating in the air, but no, actually it's just the horizon is just optical and it makes it look like the boat is actually mirrored here. And you can tell that we have a diffraction limit. We have a limit to how far we can see relative to optical angles and atmospheric conditions. If the earth is a sphere, this is still true. So we have the definitions of plane surveying here. Below are five definitions from various civil engineering forums or textbooks and from Wikipedia, which specify that the earth's alleged curvature is ignored for surveying projects to 260 square kilometers or approximately 100 square miles or more specifically to assume the earth is a flat plane so if professional civil engineers are and surveyors are trained to ignore over 20 meters or 66.6 feet of curvature at 100 square miles at what point are they trained to factor the earth's alleged curvature no an engineer plane surveying is a survey in which the earth's surface is assumed to be a plane the curvature of the earth is ignored and this is for all engineering whether building bridges building railways building canals we actually have to assume the earth's a plane and completely neglect the notion of curvature to do engineering in the real world we have something called specular reflections and if you see like the mountains reflected on the body of water here and we actually have observations from many dozens of miles away where you see really big mountains reflected off the water if the surface is not flat you cannot get a specular reflection if you see here there's just a little bit of disturbance in the water and you see that the image is being messed up now if this water was actually bending convexly you wouldn't be able to get a specular reflection in order to get a specular reflection the water has to be flat and this is because if not you'll have a diffused reflection it'll scatter you won't be able to get the actual specular reflection coming from the water so from whatever the object is to the water to you now light doesn't actually travel but we perceive it as if it does and we're not going to digress the reflection requires a flat surface to then give you a specular reflection if it is sloping bending convexly or if it's concave you're going to get major distortion you cannot get an accurate specular reflection we have long distance specular reflections on the earth all over the earth and that shows you that the earth is a plane that that water is flat if you go to like a circus and you have like the clown mirrors or whatever they're called the reason they make you look so distorted is because they're curved and since they're either curved convex or concave it makes you look crazy it gives you very distorted proportions and here is the horizon which is supposedly earth curve and we see just a time lapse of it throughout the day we see it moves drastically goes up and down now the earth is not breathing in and out it's not doing yoga and stretching
of course this is just an optical effect because the conditions are changing and so it's causing the horizon to move around because that's just the vanishing point the convergence point and it's changing based on the different conditions it's just an apparent effect it isn't any physical hump blocking things in the distance another thing that we have that shows that the earth is not a globe is long distance laser test. People will say is, oh, it's actually refracting and bending around the globe, perfectly matching the globe. In reality, what we've done is we've actually, we've actually gone to the side. We viewed from the outside and showed that it's completely horizontal. Over 30 miles, you can tell that it's parallel with the body of water, completely horizontal. That's impossible. It should be blocked by earth curvature. They say, oh, it's bending around the earth curvature. Then how come when we go look at the laser from the outside, we see that it's completely horizontal. They just literally claim that everything's an illusion. Now, here's another problem with the globe Earth. If the Earth is a sphere, then it must be curving down and away from you in all directions. What that means is as you go higher, the Earth is going to be further and further away from you because it's going down and away from you and you're now going up. Well, here's what actually happens when we go up in altitude on the Earth. You see where the starting line is. You see the horizon. And let's see what happens as we increase altitude. Reminds me of the refraction kit. Look at that. The horizon's rising with the drone. The globe would have to claim that it's perspective. The horizon, if it's Earth curvature, should be dropping down and away from you. As I go higher above the Earth, it should go further and further down and away from me. But the horizon is rising towards eye level with us. If the Earth's a sphere, this horizon supposedly Earth curvature that's going down and away from my feet. So as I get higher, it should go down away from me further and further. It just converges into that vanishing point. Another problem for the globe is long distance mirror flashes. The military uses these to allow soldiers to communicate and convey their location without other people being able to see it. So you just take a little mirror. If, if you uh, tip it back and forth, eventually the light from the sun will hit the mirror in just the right way that it will reflect to the observer because it will have a direct line of sight. And the reason that they do this is because enemies can be in the area, but they won't be able to see the guy signaling the mirror flash because you have to have a direct line of sight with the person. You don't see the mirror until the light is at a perfect angle that you can see it. This is an infrared from across a lake where there should be significant curvature blocking this light, but instead we see it. The problem here is you can't claim it's refraction because once you have it curving up from behind a hump or the curvature of the earth, you're not going to get that direct line of sight at that impact point of the mirror to be able to get the flash. It requires a horizontal line of sight. This has been done far beyond what the globe earth's math allows. Radio waves can be sent over 10,000 miles with no earth curvature obstruction. So we can just send these radio waves out horizontally. They can be detected and received over 10,000 miles away. Radio waves are nothing more than non-visible light. So microwaves, radio waves, light, all the same thing, right? In fact, what we typically call light is just visible light. It's all electromagnetic radiation and there's a huge span of frequencies 
and that's what radio waves are okay so you have the radio spectrum labeled there for you right as you actually get to 300 gigahertz up to 300 megahertz that's the microwave range and then you have that very small portion being the visible light electromagnetic radiation going out horizontally can be sent over 10,000 miles successfully and was done in the early 1900s in 1901 we had the reception of the transatlantic radio signals by Marconi if you have this tower that's just you know a few dozen feet up and then you shoot a radio wave out well the curvature of the earth is gonna block the wave so you can't send it 2,000 miles if you do the math based on how high you're sending a signal out from horizontally line of sight then the curvature of the earth will block it at less than 200 miles. They're like, that's not gonna work, bro. He's like, well, I'm gonna try it anyway. First attempt successful, 2,200 miles away. So shot it like the earth was flat, line of sight, radio wave was received 2,200 miles away. So they had to come up with an excuse and that's where Oliver Heaviside came in and they came up with the idea of the ionosphere. And they claim that the ionosphere is an area of the atmosphere that is ionized. Of course, ionized gas is plasma. There's a certain ionization of the gas at a certain layer in the atmosphere that reflects the radio waves back down. They came up with this to explain how the Earth is, in fact, a ball, even though the radio wave should have been blocked by the curvature of the Earth. This is where you get the idea of sky wave propagation. You see the depiction here. If you send something out horizontally on a globe, what happens is it goes towards space because the Earth is dropping down and away from you. They claim, oh, well, it goes up. Up, hits the ionosphere, bounces back down, then reflects off the ground, goes back up, hits the ionosphere, bounces back down, and it keeps bouncing down, up and down. And it said that radio waves topping out with the frequency of about 30 megahertz bounce off the ionosphere in what is called sky wave propagation, depicted to the right. Uh, very high frequency signals with frequencies above about 30 megahertz, quote, usually penetrate the ionosphere and are not returned to Earth's surface, and that's from an official source. This creates what is called a skip zone or a dead zone. So if you see the little uh, triangles there, the area in between is where it couldn't be received. They say that the ionosphere tops out at 40 megahertz. If you have ionization and you send a radio wave, it'll reflect back to you if the radio wave is a lower frequency than the ionization. So say you have some plasma over here and the plasma is 40 megahertz. Well, if you send out a signal that's 40 megahertz or 39, so 40 and under, it'll reflect it back to you. If you send out a frequency that's 41 megahertz, it'll go right through it. So if it's a higher frequency, it penetrates directly through the ionosphere. And here I have two microwaves bounce off the atmosphere. While lower frequency radio waves can follow the contours of the earth and bounce off layers in the atmosphere, microwaves can only travel line of sight, typically limited to 30 to 40 miles on earth's surface. Under normal ionospheric conditions, 40 megahertz is the highest frequency radio wave that can be reflected from the ionosphere. Well, here is the world record, a list of world record amateur radio transmissions. If you look over to the left, this is megahertz. It's the frequency. So we have all these above 106 megahertz. If you look a few columns over to the right, you're going to have the distance in miles right here. And so we have a thousand miles, 1500 miles. We have all the way up to 2500 miles. There was 106 megahertz frequency radio wave sent 2500 miles. Now these should be blocked at a couple hundred miles according to the globe Earth. Well, the problem here is just like it says here, under normal ionospheric conditions, 40 megahertz is the highest frequency radio wave that can be reflected from the ionosphere. These are over 100 megahertz and happen all the time. This is not a rare occurrence. If the frequency is higher than 40 megahertz, it would penetrate directly through it. And in the globe paradigm, continue on to space. And here we have them, instead of going to 300 miles maximum, we have them going 2,500 miles. That is direct physical refutation of a claim that the Earth is a sphere. You also have microwave. 
waves and they have a significantly more narrow beam. They're such a higher frequency, they don't span out as much and thus they have much smaller span of diffraction. We have microwaves depicted as orange and radio waves depicted as the gray one. You'll see you have the microwave shooting out and then also the radio waves. This hill here is basically going to represent the curve of the earth. If we send these radio waves out to the hill, the hill will block the radio waves because the hill is higher than the tower, right? But since the radio waves are spanning out so much wider, part of the radio waves will actually span out to above the hill and then it'll go past the hill and then fill back in behind it. And this is called diffraction. The problem is microwaves, the microwaves don't span out as much so it can't get past the hill because it's not wide enough to even be diffracted around the hill. Microwaves travel by line of sight. Unlike lower frequency radio waves, they do not diffract around hills, follow the Earth's surface as ground waves, or reflect from the ionosphere. So terrestrial microwave communication links are limited by the visual horizon to about 40 miles. Now we have them much longer than that, and of course the horizon shouldn't just be visual, it should be a physical geometric place, which means we should be able to do the math and know exactly where the physical curve of the Earth is, it doesn't matter where we visually see it. The microwave frequency range lies between 300 megahertz, 300 gigahertz, beyond 40 megahertz frequency doesn't get reflected back by the ionosphere, it can pass through the ionosphere due to the microwave frequencies are not suitable for ionospheric propagation. Well, here we have them going 50 to 250 miles with a 99.9% .9 success rate of reliability. That's a problem because it can't just be, oh, it just randomly scatters and we get it. Well, no, the signal strength would have to drop down almost completely, which they don't, and you wouldn't have a 99.9% .9 reliability. So that's a couple good arguments uh, using radio waves and, and some of that concept to show the curvature of the Earth is very, very difficult to actually measure. Uh, I would say nigh impossible according to the experiments I've seen over the past few years. Uh, but it gets your mind thinking. And of course, if you're still stuck on NASA and the moon landings, Rob's done some amazing research really in a, a humorous and fun way breaking down the questions regarding government and space programs so please go and check that out on his channel but uh here's another video uh, about nasa documents and how the sr-71 blackbird actually shows uh you know proof that the earth is flat and this is recorded in nasa documents check this out this plane in and of itself the sr-71 proves that we're not on an oblate spheroid that spins. <laughs> the Lockheed can fly at a max height of Mach 3 and flies at an insanely high altitude. Now if the Lockheed can go over 2,000 miles an hour, how much curvature should it have to account for to stay at the same altitude? Top speed again is 2,200 miles an hour. Let's just say there's 2,200 miles between point A and B. That would be 570 miles of curvature between the two points of reference. That'd mean that the Lockheed would have to be dipping 9.5 miles a minute, or 836 feet a second. But let's see what NASA thinks about planes flying over Earth. Derivation and definition of a linear aircraft model. Model of a rigid aircraft of constant mass flying over a flat, non-rotating Earth. It's gotta be the only one, right? It's gotta be the only one. A mathematical model of a CH-53 helicopter. The helicopter equations of motion are given in a body axis with respect to a flat 
rotating Earth? If this is the first time you're hearing this, then you heard it here first, you know what I'm saying? Um, the sun actually goes around our flat Earth like this, clockwise. Um, it acts as a spotlight shining down onto the flat Earth that we live on. Um, it gets closer and farther away, causing seasons from the North Pole. On its most inner declination around the North Pole, that's when Alaska can see 24 hours. On its most outer declination, that's when the Northern Hemisphere experiences winter. This is the equator, this dark line here going in a circle. That's the equator. Everything north, which is towards the North Pole, and everything south of the equator is the South Hemisphere. This is the Northern Hemisphere. Water, like, needs a container, dude. And I'll tell you what's containing all of the quadrillions of gallons of water in our ocean. <laughs> Antarctica. It's actually an ice wall that encompasses us 360 degrees. And there's an Antarctic treaty written at, and that says the 60th south latitude can't go past there. You'll die. <laughs> sea level. <laughs> Seriously. Think about it. All the water's level. It's all at the same level. Um, but I plan on starting a podcast to expose all of this and plenty more. So check out my bio. Check out my link tree in my bio. Click on my profile. Um, I'm being censored on my main page so that's why you're seeing me here i'm kind of doing a test so um but seriously follow my instagram check out my link tree have a good night wow check out my my, my mouse pad it's pretty similar hey hey sweet <laughs> mouse pad man yeah. yeah so let's just say you chose the right day to wear your north-faced flat earth uh, hoodie <laughs> oh yeah um so yeah, we're, we're, we're going deep, man. This next video, it's the last Flat Earth one I'm going to share uh, because I think it's important to present also some alternative theories about how certain things we do observe work, you know, such as the circuits of the sun and the moon uh, and uh, perhaps the routes that supposed satellites take. Very interesting, and it's all tied to Taurus fields. Uh, Taurus fields and I think this next video is very interesting check this out what up fam this is the inside of a Taurus field and today we're gonna talk about nature's inherent or intrinsic shape that being a Taurus we were looking at it from the inside this is what it would look like from the outside everything follows this design nature we see this everywhere the electromagnetic field of the heart this is actually measurable when you have love and when you have fear now does it make a little more sense the last few years when they told you to stay six feet away? It's everywhere. Some will say that our eyes are the window to our soul. What's the shape of an eye? Well, you guessed it. It's a Taurus. So maybe the Taurus is the gate to our soul. On top of that, every sound that comes out of our mouth is a Taurus. Even the baby babble from the Globers. Why? Because our larynx has three sphincters which in themselves are toroidal muscles. So here's a representation of vowels in their toroidal spin resonance. Letters from the Hebrew alphabet are all derived from a rotating torus as well. And the Muru foundation backs us up. And don't worry fam, I didn't forget about how this relates to the earth. We don't live on a sphere, we live within a sphere. Every magnetic field has something called a black domain wall. If we look at this top left picture, that line in the middle, that white one, that's a black domain wall. Another word for that is inertial plane meaning it's inertial, it's static, it does not move. This would be looking at the magnetic field from a side view. Now this top right one, if we were in space, quote unquote, looking down, that's what we would see. Okay, so how did we get this shape? Where does it come from? This is a ferro cell and a magnet. 
Basically, it's just two optical flats with ferrofluid in the middle that has magnetic suspension that lets us see these lines when we put LEDs around the outside. So this is a magnet, and you can see the field lines. Now I take the same magnet, flip it on its side, and then you can see the south and the north pole. Here's a video as well to give you a little demonstration of what it looks like. So now that we know what a magnetic field looks like, let's dig a little deeper. So again, a magnet underneath a ferro cell, look at the design and let's match it with the path of the ISS. So here we go, this is the path of the ISS, public information, layer it over magnetic field, boom, matches perfectly. Look where it doesn't go in the center, AKA the North Pole. All right, so now we input data for observations for the azimuth and declination of the sun for an entire year and guess what? A torus field. What a surprise. Matches perfectly within the magnetic field. Now if we animate all sun positions over a year, it's like a wave pushing and pulling through the field. This is not a coincidence. So here, magnetic field lines again underneath the ferrule cell, and over here we have the apparent pattern of a solar eclipse. Looks exactly the same. What a surprise. The path of the moon over a flat earth works perfectly within that Taurus field again. All right, so here's the so-called planets, which are just wandering stars, and the paths that they make over a flat earth. Makes perfect sense because it matches the magnetic field once again when allegedly we're flying within all of this beautiful patterns that the wandering stars make over our Earth. So here's a representation of the so-called planets, aka wandering stars, just doing sacred geometry. So here we have the sun position data projected on a plane surface from one longitude. Verse long exposure of the sun for a year using a pinhole camera matches perfectly. And again, fits right within the Taurus field. What happens when we take magnetic flux data and put it on a plane surface? It matches perfectly and you have a vortex just like it shows here. So if you guys enjoyed what you watched, I would be sincerely grateful if you would comment, like, post, share, get the word out there. Let's help each other out. Also, if you guys want to learn more about this, go download the Flat Earth Clock app. Referral code 46731. Let's do it! Alright, so a cool theory. It's tied to a an actually established community called the Electromagnetic Theory of the Universe kind of uh, perspective on cosmology and how it works uh, the fact that electromagnetism is a more provable phenomenon than the definition of gravity we're given by guys like Neil deGrasse Tyson who says we're 90% stupid on what gravity is because you have to have all this dark matter and dark energy to explain the physical phenomena we can observe and so that's a, a really interesting um, video there that I thought Kind of, kind of gave a little bit of uh, an explanation. If we live in a realm that is not the heliocentric model that we've all been taught, because um, there's kind of two different elements to the flat Earth topic. It's the biblical perspective, you know, using the ancient scriptures to verify that the ancients believed this, that Holy Spirit inspired authors believed this, and that the Almighty uh, created a realm that is very different than we're taught in a classroom. That's the kind of the, 
scripture-based perspective. And then you have the scientific-based perspective, which um, more than not is kind of supported by the conspiracy of breaking down how everything we've been presented to in modern space race-faring uh, propaganda has been uh, used to indoctrinate us. And it's more of a a theory and a conspiracy of what the earth is not more than presenting what it is, which is, Hey, we, we know that it's not curved because we can't measure curvature. Um, we know that there's tests that prove that the, the eight inches per mile squared that we've all been taught, it, it, it can't be witnessed. It, it can't be measured. And science is supposed to be measurable, repeatable, testable. Right. And so that causes people to have to lean on, photographs and images from space programs to be able to be like oh look it's crazy to think that the earth is flat or the earth isn't a spinning ball going through space because look here's a picture from nasa and then when you debunk nasa and you prove them to be liars and other space programs and governments to be liars then you start to ask yourself the question if i've been lied to once why would i buy what they're pushing in the future i mean and it and then it all kind of wraps together to then equal up to oh perhaps we live in a realm that is not a spinning heliocentric ball um and and so that all those videos i think were great prep work to get our audience's minds thinking in preparation for the debate which of course will be on that first level more based on the scriptural authority and and perspective of the ancients who uh wrote down kind of the the narrative of creation and so with that said, we can go ahead and move on to our next topic here. And this next video is a very interesting one. We're going to have to censor this, unfortunately. We were striked last week uh, for sharing uh, medical misinformation. And so this one will have to censor. But just by covering the topic, they're going to strike. And it's news. It doesn't make sense to me at all. But um, it shows who controls you by who you can't criticize, in my opinion. And who, who can't you criticize <laughs> the WHO, right? And so let's go ahead and play this video. Apparently, the army is just issuing a stunning reversal on soldiers who are discharged over refusing the medical experiment uh, a year or two back. So check this out. In the meantime, the U.S. Army facing repercussions of its COVID era policy. It says its cuts over mandates have weakened the size of its force and are now calling on them to come on back to service. Mike Emanuel's got that story live in Washington for us. Mike. Bill, good morning. The Army kicked out more than 1,900 soldiers for refusing a COVID-19. At least 19 of them have now been welcomed back to active duty. A letter signed by Brigadier General Hope Rampey, Army Director of Personnel Management, says, quote, as a result of the rescission of all current COVID-19 requirements, Former soldiers who were involuntarily separated for their refusal to receive the COVID-19 may request a correction of their military records. The Army is struggling when it comes to meeting its recruiting goals. Active duty has dropped from 485,000 in 2021 to about 452,000. Its goals for fiscal 2023, which ended at the end of September, was 65,000 new recruits. The Army came up 10,000 short. So Army leadership is outselling service. 
we're looking for more, um, you know, a call to service to come into our ranks, and I, I think it will accelerate their life. So we'd love to talk about the opportunities to be in the, the Army or any of the services. They've also enlisted some VIP help with Dwayne The Rock Johnson visiting the Pentagon to oh, talk great. recruiting last week. It is critical, as Pentagon brass expects the Army to play a significant role if there's conflict in Asia. I tend to think that the Army will have a huge supporting role for the joint force in the Indo-Pacific. And in that regard, what do I mean by that? I think the Army will play a core role in establishing and protecting staging bases for our air forces, for our maritime forces. Recruiting is not a new problem as the Army has not achieved its recruiting goals since 2014. Okay. Bill? Got to get on it nine years later. Thank you, Mike. Mike Emanuel. Uh, I think it's funny to see that because it, to me it shows that they are anticipating a wider scale conflict breaking out in Asia and in the Middle East. And uh, I, I saw a, uh, a post recently. It was a recent Army recruitment video that had all white straight men and the comments under under it were oh guys it's about to kick off <laughs> world war three is about to start they actually need people to get join the military that are able to fight and the same thing with this topic they're they're recalling all the people that they had previously dishonorably discharged by the way uh for refusing that medical mandate and uh they're saying come on back we're gonna need you to die as chicken fodder whenever we go to world war three right <laughs> All right. So, yeah, just a just an interesting kind of current uh, push to ramp up the military after this administration uh, completely, you know, dismantled uh, our military. You know, we we saw the dismantling of the military in the U.S. since uh, Obama's administration, and we saw more support for it under Trump's administration to build it back up. Uh, however, now that World War Three bells are chiming. And we're involved in not only Ukraine, but also in the Middle East with Israel and uh, their war with Gaza. Uh, I think it's very interesting seeing that call to arms. So with that said, let's go to this next story. Some interesting language here in this Fortune article. Elon Musk visits Netanyahu in Israel, and the minister claims there's a deal in the works with Starlink. So here's what I wanted to point out about this article. Uh, the point is, is a week ago, Elon Musk was facing international backlash after endorsing anti-Semitic content on his social media platform. Uh, and yet on Monday, Musk was in Israel being welcomed by the nation's political elite. Well, check out this comment here. Musk is not just a player that should be regulated by the American government, right? He is a global order player, a new world order player, perhaps, uh, who should probably have a seat at the UN Security Council, said Telia Schwartz-Altschuler, a senior fellow at Israel's Democracy Institute. Elon Musk can, sim can simply shirk his responsibilities, and that's because of his power. Uh, so it was very interesting to see that, and you see kind of... Um, his role with providing internet access in Ukraine, and now you see him stepping into that role also with Israel and uh, his tour going on there. But some of that language was very uh, boldened to me um, because, you know, it's the whole global order player uh, language.
So uh, even his bastion of free speech, if he gets painted as an anti-Semite, uh, he gets uh, kind of the, the whip and chain uh, motion there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Uh, Starlink is uh, an interesting topic, and that's why I also like that video showing how satellites operate and move in a toroidal fashion uh, above us, and they never seem to cross over the North Pole. And they, you know, uh, so I thought that was really interesting. Uh, it was services that were used in Ukraine. Um, so, anyways, uh, that was just a little interesting thing I wanted to bring out there. Here is a interesting post that was shared uh, on November 19th, 2023. There was a training event at the Capitol building with military carrying what appeared to be bodies out on gurneys out of the Capitol building and into a tent. They would take those bodies out of the tent and appear to be naked dummies and loaded onto a trailer, carried to another tent. From there, they would be loaded onto an ambulance and would drive away with no siren. On the side of the building looks a bunch of federal agents, the military that seemed to be walking in the Capitol appeared to be wearing mop gear and gas masks. As we all know, most of the time that there's a training event, we seem to get a false flag event shortly after. Uh, What if we were witnessing a staged event that they could film and go back and edit and add CGI to make this look real for a later date to make it look like the Capitol building was attacked? The reason why I say this is because this is exactly what it looks like they were training for and some kind of chemical attack on the Capitol building which could be the reason they were carrying individuals into one tent, stripping them down, decontaminating them, and then taking them to a secondary area to be transported to a hospital or possibly the morgue. And I would suspect that this attack would be blamed on certain group. This would make the individuals that work at the Capitol building look like victims in order to gain support and paint a certain narrative. I'm going to share the link to Nancy Drew's video uh, she took. Um, All right, so... I don't buy the whole uh, conspiracy regarding this letter. I think there is a disinformation kind of uh, campaign. Um, But I will say the points made in this post are kind of interesting about how often false flag events and uh, kind of news-shattering attacks and stuff often have uh, preceding them, they, they seem to have these training practices. So here's some of the pictures from... uh, the events that were being carried out there at the Capitol building. So I thought that was uh, interesting, the training. Um, here is a really interesting article. Uh, we covered AI uh, briefly earlier, um, and it is interesting to me some of the things talked about here. Um, I wanted to point it out to people to go and check this article out. It's a little bit long for me to read, but. Uh, Google five days of chaos at OpenAI and the powerful AI discovery that could threaten humanity. Um, And the reason I thought this was interesting was uh, in relation to kind of that article I read about Elon Musk, how some language about him was pointing him out as a, like a new global order player or whatever. Well, check this out. And if you go to Sam Altman's Twitter account, right, this is the figure who helped get uh, chat GPT up and off the ground. Uh, You find a multitude of seemingly cheerful photos showing various world leaders of the new world order <laughs> new world disorder engaging in friendly conversations with them for a moment one might think that the g20 summit has started early that open ai is the host uh so 
uh, I thought that was really interesting and, and kind of the language behind how AI is becoming a global phenomenon and all these different figures are starting to tap into this technology and it becomes one of those aspects that draws together uh, this kind of New World Order's kind of uh, ability to control and influence their populace and when you see them working together with the guy that you know propped up uh open ai uh it's the great unifier right so uh while all of these separate countries might be using it for their separate agendas if they're all going back to big papa ai uh then you can see a kind of a, an overarching uh control mechanism being put into place I'll finish off by reading this. The high-profile failure of OpenAI's governance structure is likely to amplify calls for stronger public oversight. But that is what the elite want to control, the rise of AI, a.k.a. Cyber Satan. So just an ongoing uh, uh, story with AI there and uh, how it's starting to you know, reach kind of global governance level in terms of the use of the tool. Here's one that uh, struck me as significant. We had 64 U.S. banks file to shut down in a single week. Are you affected? So this is as recent as November 27th. And we have big banks such as PNC Bank and J.P. Morgan Chase have closed several branches uh, and offices in multiple states amid a troubling pattern of rising branch shutdowns in recent years. Now, this uh, brings to mind the banks that recently filed bankruptcy in Silicon Valley and how there is a consolidation of banks happening right now and as they are eaten up by larger uh, banks, the, the big five or whatever, it allows the implementation of central bank digital currencies to be uh, fil you know, progressed significantly and so seeing mass closings like this at several different major uh, chain bank chains is very significant um and so worth paying attention to especially when it's all happening in a same in a single week all right so uh here's an interesting article uh in relation to biblical uh news and uh it's archaeologists find the earliest evidence of mass weapon production in the southern levant uh, so archaeologists from Israel's Antiquities Authority have uncovered the earliest evidence of mass weapons production in the southern Levant. In a study published in the journal, uh, researchers have found hundreds of identical sling stones um, in the southern Sharon Plain and in Zippery in Lower Galilee. Jeremiah, do you remember watching that sling video I shared uh, a week or two back? Um, I think so. Yeah, the guy he like whipped a slingshot into. Oh the yeah, yeah, yeah. The the Hebrew one. The uh, yes, yeah. Yeah, those are cool. Stone. Yeah, I mean, I think it was really interesting, and just the fact that they had discovered all of these sling stones, uh, showing that these were used as weapons of war, and they were being mass produced uh, there in Israel. It, it's very interesting. Um, the stones that were intended to be projected from a sling are smooth with a specific biconical. Uh, aerodynamic form Whoa. so here are the uh the stones like that bullets. were used for yeah warfare very interesting very interesting indeed so uh that was a big uh, archaeological find recently there in israel 
Um, and so, so that brings us to our next uh, video here, um, and it's tied to uh, a journalist who has published Jeffrey Epstein's Black Book, uh, who's revealing some disturbing details. This is just a preview, but worth checking out. I've had the story for three years. I've had this interview with Virginia Roberts. We would not put it on the air. Um, first of all, I was told, who's Jeffrey Epstein? No one knows who that is. This is a stupid story. Um, then the palace found out that we had her whole allegations about Prince Andrew and threatened us a million different ways. Um, we were so afraid we wouldn't be able to interview Kate and Will that we that also quashed the story. And then, um, and then Alan Dershowitz was also implicated in because of the planes. She told me everything. She had pictures. She had everything. She was in hiding for 12 years. We convinced her to come out. We convinced her to talk to us. Um, it was unbelievable what we had. Clinton, we had everything. I, I tried for three years to get it on to no avail. How did, how did he get started? How did Epstein get started? How did he get started? You know, that's Where did he come from? You'll never know, so you'll never be 100% sure of exactly what took place. The only thing I'm sure of is that he did not commit suicide. You understand that you are a very controversial man in this country. I'm delighted. He, he comes from Coney Island, from a working class family in Coney Island. He could have been chosen earlier to be part of this as, as a young man. Who would have recruited him at a young age? So he was a college dropout. How many years were you in college? I believe two. What'd you study? Physics. Well, isn't it true that you were a teacher at uh, the Dalton School in New York after college? William Barr, the attorney general, under Donald Trump, who covered up Epstein, his dad was running Dalton shortly before Epstein got hired there. In the end, that the truth will out, and that uh, eventually the true story, such as it is, will be people will know more than, than what they currently do. I mean, if Jeffrey Epstein has blackmail on literally all these powerful people, I mean, it's and and it seems that they all fold immediately. And what are you on? If we dig down into Epstein, we will come across the cesspool that I believe is contaminating other large parts of the government. Was it like a kidnapping? Black Were these women kidnapped? Could they go home at the end of the day? Cults. Cults pe keep people tethered. He was also into transhumanism. You think that these people are cloning themselves? It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, and I knew when Dolly got cloned, the sheep, there's got to be megalomaniac billionaires out there that are cloning themselves. There's mm -hmm. just, there's just got to be. Correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't there reports of CIA directors staying at his New York townhome? I don't know. You tell me what you think. 
I'm proud of it. The really important issue is we have our government aiding and betting child trafficking. That is the issue that we need to take care of, um, not whether or not Jeffrey Epstein killed himself. Next month marks two years since the death of convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein inside a New York City jail. I made my living from old thinking, but the future is for the way women think. No, I've, been, I've always believed that women would be, in fact, be able to take over. I'm a firm believer and supporter of Time's Up. The greatest threat to people put in solitary confinement is they try to kill themselves. Imagine that. You're only in a room for 24 hours, you start to go crazy. The judge that they tried to assassinate, the assassination attempt on the judge, that was about a 24-hour news cycle before that was launched. Yes. I'd love to get that judge on here. I, I, I think that she'd be very reluctant to talk. The government has got to come clean, has got to indict these perpetrators, and it's also got to come clean why it's doing this. I would like to answer that question. I really would. However, today, my attorneys have told me I have to assert my Fifth Amendment, Sixth Amendment, and Fourteenth Amendment rights of the U.S. Constitution. If they sued J.P. Morgan and not the individuals, how was J.P. Morgan as a, as a company involved in the Jeffrey Epstein you know, sex trafficking ring rather than just the key player? So yeah, that's just a, a promo for that interview there, but I thought it was very interesting and, and had some details that I wasn't even super familiar with, such as the judge involved with the case getting shot up. What'd you think about that? Wasn't it her son? That was yeah, shot? they yeah, the, but that a FedEx worker shot up her home. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I I don't remember ever hearing about that. I guess it wasn't in the news cycle long enough. Yeah, they they didn't report on it very long. I, I, I would think that if Donald Trump was really at the island, that they would have more uh, women speaking about it, you know, like they are about Bill Clinton. Yeah. So, I don't know. And Prince Andrew, right? Those guys we can definitely nail as participating in whatever Epstein was about. But, man, when you think about how we still have not uncovered more people involved with Jeffrey Epstein's racket... It's very alarming because it means that they're still probably in the positions of power that they had previous. Oh, yeah. Well, first, I'm going to share this uh, uh, little picture here. Uh, interesting post. A Japanese researcher turned male catfish female with soy compounds in a shocking 2023 find. Uh, I think that was interesting. They're turning the frogs gay and they're turning the catfish into females now. So... Um, Transgender crazy. catfish. <laughs> tied to our AI topic, uh, here's a Business Insider post. Uh, Bill Gates says a three-day work week where machines can make all the food and stuff isn't a bad idea. So this is what uh, they're definitely pushing for, and uh, it would take AI to make it possible. But with that said, um, 
who's going to be taxing your three-day work week, right? Well, there's an interesting new scheme that uh, the IRS has been trying to implement, and 30 million Americans will be targeted. Check out this clip. Today is Black Friday, and because of that, you have millions of Americans across the whole country who are spending the day sitting in front of their computers, rubbing their hands like this, looking for those sweet, sweet deals. However, unbeknownst to them, there are thousands of IRS agents who are likewise sitting in front of their government-issued computers, also rubbing their hands together, thinking about all the new money they'll be able to shake down from the American taxpayer. That's because, starting this year, a new IRS rule goes into effect requiring that, quote, third-party payment networks like PayPal, Venmo, Amazon, and Square issue Form 1099-K when a user receives more than $600 in gross sales from goods and services transacted in a single year. Earlier, the threshold of gross sales was over $20,000. Meaning that previously, if you sold a few things on Amazon or on eBay, it wouldn't really matter. It would be treated the same as if you were running a small garage sale to sell off a few items, and that would be it. Previously, you would have had to sell $20,000 worth of goods before getting a 1099 tax form. However, starting this year, if you happen to be an American who made a little side income by selling things online, or by doing some freelance work, or by shoveling your neighbor's snow, if you made more than $600, well, the IRS will now be putting you under the scope and forcing you to report that income as if it was an actual business venture. In fact, here is how the current Republican-led House Ways and Means Committee over in Congress described the general situation. Quote, Thanks to Democrats, more Americans who mow lawns or sell concert tickets and used couches through Venmo or PayPal will have those transactions scrutinized by the IRS starting in January of 2024. These additional tax forms are a New Year's nightmare for millions of Americans and a mess for the IRS. Now, the reason that many people are not aware of this rule change is because it was by design implemented essentially under the radar. In fact, this changing of the threshold from $20,000 down to $600, it was buried in the pages of the so-called American Rescue Plan, which was the $1.9 trillion economic stimulus bill that was signed into law by Joe Biden back in the year 2021. It was also 242 pages long. And while at the time, Joe Biden promised that his new tax regime would not target anyone making over $400,000, it appears that in reality, working class Americans will be the ones to feel the brunt of this new change. Quote, the policy to reduce the gross sales threshold from $20,000 to just $600 was included in the American Rescue Plan Act of 2021. According to the Joint Committee on Taxation, over 90% of this new tax burden will fall on middle-class families and gig workers who will be caught in the crosshairs of the Democrats' tax scheme. Furthermore, besides the added burden on working Americans, the way that this new tax scheme is being rolled out is about to create massive confusion for millions of Americans. That's because, according to a new report from the U.S. Government Accountability Office, you can see that report up on your screen, this new tax, it will result in tens of millions of additional 1099 forms being mailed out to tens of millions of Americans who are unaware of this new change, many of whom don't even know how to calculate their profit loss situation in order to figure out their actual tax liability. And all the while, the IRS doesn't actually have the necessary staff in place to handle 30 million more 1099 forms being sent out to Americans. Here's in fact how the government watchdog report, here's how they describe the situation. Quote, as a result of this rule change, many taxpayers who never received Form 1099-Ks in the past will receive them this year. This could exacerbate confusion among some taxpayers, such as gig workers, who may not understand the taxability of their payments and taxes owed. 
For example, some of these taxpayers may not know how to calculate profit or loss and may therefore not understand the information reported on the form. This puts them at risk of inaccurately reporting their incomes to the IRS or not meeting their tax obligations. The IRS calculated that the new rule would result in 44 million Form 1099-Ks being filed in the year 2024, which is an increase of roughly 30 million. The tax agency does not have a plan to analyze this data to support its enforcement and outreach activities. The IRS lacks centralized leadership to make strategic decisions related to the use of information returns across the agency. Furthermore, in terms of how this will all actually work in practice, quote, People who engage in such side income activities have to provide personal information, including their social security number or their employer identification number to the third party app through which they conduct transactions, such as Venmo, Amazon, PayPal, etc. Once the transactions hit the $600 threshold limit, the third party will send a 1099K to the individual. In case the person did not provide their personal information and the transaction hit the $600 limit, the third party app will withhold 24% of the payments collected via the app. This amount will be sent to the IRS and will not be returned to the individual. However, the amount can be reported on the person's tax returns. And then, if you happen to be one of the millions of Americans who will now be receiving one of these new tax forms, what you should know is that you don't necessarily owe money on whatever is written on that 1099 form. Instead, quote, a 1099K form is what's known as an information return form submitted by third parties like PayPal. Individual taxpayers can use these returns to complete their tax filings. The IRS uses these 1099K forms to verify income and taxes reported by taxpayers. Meaning, in practical terms, that if you made $601 on Amazon this year, well, the 1099 form will inform the government of that fact and make it harder for you to not report it. And if all this makes you feel disheartened, it shouldn't. Because you should always remember that every single dollar that you spend on taxes will help to defend the Donbass region over in Ukraine. Without you, the Donbass region might be in Russian hands forever. So just keep that in mind when you're filling out your tax forms this upcoming year. Uh, yeah, don't worry. All the extra tax money that will be raking in from all your side hustles will be going to support Ukraine. No <laughs> worries. Wow, this man. Crazy. All right, well, that's all the news for this week, Jeremiah. I hope you guys enjoyed. All right. Thanks, Jake, for another great current news as always. And now let's take a quick look at the Rob Skiba Digital Legacy Pack. We're proud to announce the Rob Skiba Legacy Digital Pack, where you'll receive a digital format version of all Rob Skiba's life's work, research, and much more. As a bonus, you'll receive Jeremiah Skiba's book, Never Got to Say Goodbye, along with Sheila Skiba's best-selling expose, The Protocol That Kills. Find out what truly happened to Rob Skiba. Buy yours today. The link is in the bio or description of this video. So the links will be down in the description. And I think it's about that time for an all-new Opa's Corner. Take it away, Opa. The following presentation may contain way too many cat jokes. Viewer discretion is advised. This presentation is rated CJ. Cat jokes. Parental guidance suggested. My hood, der hat drei Ecken, drei Ecken hat mein Hut. Und hat er nicht drei Ecken, dann ist es nicht mein Hut. Well, time for another Opa's Corner. This week, we're going to try something a little different. 
Now presenting Opa's Got Talent. Before the rewrite. Baby, you can ride my bike Because it's you I really like Baby, you can ride my bike And ring my bell Shiggling, shiggling, yeah! Just as long as you fit, then you might as well sit. <laughs> it's a box world after all, it's a box world. <laughs> Charlie would love that ride. Imagine there's no thunder It's easy if you try No hellish noises Coming from the sky Imagine all the people not using fireworks. This song gets me every time. I'm a human named Ed Watching the clock till I get fed Sitting on my human named Ed Wasting time <laughs> You just Call out my name And you know wherever I am I'll ignore you I don't give a dang Winter, spring, summer or fall I won't respond to your call I'll ignore you Yes, I will You got a cat <laughs> You've got a cat If you're happy and you know we clap your paws. Uh, fellas.
Imagine there's no kibble It's easy if you try No disappointment Because your food's not dry <laughs> Imagine all the people Giving us wet food This guy is a visionary <laughs> Johnny Katz I look down at that stupid ring of food Copy down, down, down Puts me in a bad mood And it hurts, hurts, hurts The ring of food The ring of food Hello, dark meat, my old friend. I've come to gawk at you again. <laughs> There's a lady who's sure that I'm getting too old and she's buying me a stairway to mattress <laughs> that's classic man Hoping to lighten its image, the IRS now has taxpayers play musical chairs to determine who will be audited. And I've got mad skills, I can spit out rhymes like I spit out pills Got a whole litter box in my own private jet I always make it rain, but I hate getting wet What? What? find myself in times of trouble like when I scratch the brand new chair I think these words of wisdom I don't care 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 I think these words of wisdom I don't care I don't care I don't care I don't care, I don't care I 
think these words of wisdom I don't care I've seen fire and I've seen rain I've seen better days where my food just didn't end I see my half full bowl and it's been like that since ten And I always thought that you'd feed me again That you'd feed me, that you'd feed me again The Little Fermaid. Oh no. Look at this stuff. Isn't it neat? All of these claw marks from my two front feet. <laughs> Wouldn't you think I'm the cat? The cat who scratched everything. <laughs> Rick Catsley. Always gonna wake you up, always gonna knock stuff down, always gonna run around at half past two, always gonna dislike hugs, always gonna bump on rugs, always gonna watch you go to the bathroom. <laughs> and now for the funnies. Sacrifices already this week. Thank Koran, it's Friday. What is the pulverized grain and fermentation fungus calorified over a charged particle heat source? Toast. Match.com. She's hot. <laughs> the consonants seem to know our every move. There may be a double agent among us. Have you tried dragging our receipts around the house for the kids to attack? It's why I shop here. <laughs> Look, I know I wasn't exactly the best father, but saying I never hugged you enough is just unfair. I sat there listening to them saying what they're thankful for, and nobody, not one person, mentioned me. It was excruciating. 
Thanksgiving can be rough. <laughs> I will faithfully execute the office of president while being moody, lazy, unpredictable, and selfish. Oh, that's Joe Biden. I can't believe I fell for that scam. Face it, Kevin. You're a band-aid. You are bound to get ripped off. <laughs> yes, I see that, sir, but I still need two other forms of ID. <laughs> Here is something that should relieve those dizzy spells. Stop chasing your... <laughs> Why so grumpy? I'm reading the news. <laughs> Happy Star Wars Day. I'm Luke Firewalker. I'm here to sit on you. <laughs> Do we have a flavor called Cup of Coffee? I think he's from New Jersey. <laughs> Westminster Cat Show. <laughs> That's accurate. <laughs> For a sec, I thought I was getting through to them. <laughs> Mickey Mouse Club. <laughs> That's dark. Are you the new English teacher? Yes, I are. Eighth Fleest Convention. What proof do we have there is a dog? <laughs> Great moments in evolution. Early chemists describe their first dirt molecule. Periodic tables. Dirt. D-E. <laughs> Bricks thrown through your window? Call Al's Glass. 555-1232. <laughs> Cartoon teenagers. Hey, look, I didn't ask to be drawn. 
Say, aren't you a stranger in these parts? Well, I don't take candy from strangers. <laughs> Spot hasn't been the same since he had that part in Star Trek. <laughs> Think about it. Right now, somewhere in the world, there are two other cats lying on a blue couch and enjoying some primo nip. You are blowing my mind, man. <laughs> How to stop procrastinating? It can wait. <laughs> Dog Conspiracy Theory Club Who's a good boy anyway? Has anyone actually seen him? Don't you see? They use treats and squirrels and balls to control us. Why did they take our poop, man? Is the government involved? <laughs> Did everyone pick up some yoga pants? <laughs> yoga pants? Hey, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Miss Librarian. Uh, do you have any books on world domination or how to grow your own catnip? <laughs> and that concludes another Opa's Corner. Mein Hut, der hat drei Ecken, drei Ecken hat mein Hut. Und hat er nicht drei Ecken, dann ist es nicht mein Hut. Opa's Corner is now available on my own YouTube channel. Like, share, and subscribe. That was great, Opa. Thank you. He's coming out with an album, an Opus Corner album. <laughs> Anyways, I was catastic. Catastic. That's right. Now, now a word from our good friend and sponsor, JJ. Are you tired of living in constant pain? Do you feel like you've tried every CBD product on the market with no relief? Look no further than JJ's Natural CBD Rub. When I was diagnosed with degenerative disc disease, this was the only product that completely took my pain away. Working with JJ has been a dream come true, and his products have completely changed my life. Don't just take my word for it. Visit JJ's website, jjcbdrub.com, and read hundreds of testimonials from people whose lives have been changed by all of JJ's amazing products. And now, as a Skiba News Nation exclusive, you can get $50 off a three-pack special of JJ's Natural CBD Rub by texting CBD to 920-382-7720. Don't suffer in silence any longer. Take control of your pain today with JJ's Natural CBD Rub. Again, text CBD to 920-382-7720 for an exclusive discount and start feeling the relief you deserve. The links are in the description below. Thank you, JJ. Well, it's time for some history.
So today for history, we're going to be talking about how recycling is a scam. Before we get into that, let me show you this preview of how it became a scam. So let's check this out. So you're a plastic company. You team up with oil companies to create a miracle product that can do pretty much anything. It's cheap, durable, easily accessible, and easy to mass produce. What more could you ask for? I know, I feel like I'm dreaming. And by the 1980s, you're in your prime. The only problem is plastics can't be destroyed. They just keep piling up and up and up. Now, this is actually not a problem for you. The more plastic that piles up means the more plastic you're selling. But the real problem is the general public. See, the masses crave to feel that they're good people, that they're the righteous ones, the moral ones, fighting against evil. And polluting the planet with plastic trash that takes upwards of a half a millennia to decompose makes you an easy target for the plebs. In their eyes, you're the evil scapegoats. So the general public starts protesting the plastics industry. Now, this is bad, because you know the success of anything, political movements, educational movements, businesses, entire industries, including the plastics industry, rely on the approval of the public. If the public turns on you, you're done. So you need to come up with a solution, something that will change the public's perception of plastic, something that will allow them to keep consuming plastic without feeling guilty about themselves for destroying the planet. The only problem is, most plastic is literally not recyclable. It's not just that you can't recycle plastic, it's that the process to do so is so expensive and labor-intensive that making new plastic will always be cheaper. So you settle on the next best thing. This is the recycling symbol created in 1970. And this is the resin identification code, a symbol created by the plastics industry in 1988. A symbol that's on almost every piece of plastic you buy today. Now, if you're saying to yourself, that symbol looks shockingly similar to the official recycling symbol, you'd be correct, because that was by design. A design to intentionally deceive the general public into believing the plastic you buy is recyclable. Yes, recycling is a literal lie concocted by the plastics industry to sell you more plastic. And this is how it was pulled off. So recycling is a lie and it's all about money because they need to create more products, you know, more disposable products that they can sell. And like I took out the, the recycling the other day and, you know, when I saw this, I was like, wow, I've never thought about that like in depth. So. Now let's get into the history of plastic and how recycling is a myth just to make humans feel good. So let's ch check this out. Most of what makes people feel good about recycling is based on misinformation. Plastic, plastic, plastic. What are plastics? Are they vegetable or mineral? Plastic production started in the early 1900s. It was marketed as a material of a thousand uses. And it was making money and gaining popularity slowly, but it was nowhere near its real earning potential. Then World War II hit. And since economic power was just as important as military power, wars aren't free after all, the government started prioritizing the production of this new material that wasn't just very useful, but also very profitable. You see, the military had to get money from somewhere to keep funding the war, and plastic was an industry with a lot of potential just waiting to be exploited. So during World War II alone, plastic production in the US increased by 300%. Plastic took the place of steel in cars and warplanes, it replaced paper and glass packaging, and even wood furniture. Plastics will play as large a role in peace as they do in war. Here is a plane containing hundreds of plastic parts. Here another bonded by plastics. This paratrooper floating down to welcome Mother Earth is depending on plastics to get him there safely. And since plastic is made from oil and natural gas products, plastic companies suddenly emerge from the oil giants like Exxon, Mobil, Chevron, and DuPont. And with the backing of the fossil fuel industry, there was nowhere to go but up. 
it's kind of hard to illustrate just how much of a game changer plastic was for companies. Imagine spending all these man hours machining these expensive materials like metal, wood, and glass for years and years and years. And then comes along this wonder material that was not only orders of magnitude cheaper, but could be molded into any shape and was durable. Everyone was using it for pretty much everything, from chairs to cheap jewelry to car parts. But because it was so durable and useful, these plebs started hanging onto their plastic products. They weren't throwing them away after one single use. This was a problem for you. If people reuse your plastic indefinitely, you can't make them a repeat buyer, which is where all the real money is at. So the plastic industry launched a massive campaign, millions of dollars worth of ads, encouraging people not to be such unsophisticated peasants. Reusing dirty plastic? Ew. Just throw it away after one use. What's the harm? It's so cheap to replace. And it started to work. But then came the hippies. You see, not everyone saw the beauty in plastic as you did. And when they started noticing your ads telling everyone to just chuck out their plastic and buy new ones, the plastic industry became the prime target for destroying the environment, which led to America's first ever Earth Day holiday in 1970 to protest the use of plastic and other pollutants. One in 10 Americans took part. Now, obviously, this number of people going up against your industry is not good. If everyone found out the extent of just how bad plastics were for the environment, how they can't be destroyed and how it kills animals, you would be out of business. So you concocted a genius plan. Instead of fighting the hippies, you would join them playing both sides. I'm playing both sides so that I always come out on top. So you, the other plastic companies and the fossil fuel companies create a front organization called Keep America Beautiful. A very wholesome and conspicuous name. And to kick things off, you create the Crying Indian ad. People start pollution. People can stop it. It's literally called the Crying Indian. I did not make that up. Hilariously, the Crying Indian was actually an Italian actor named Iron Eyes Cody, and apparently impersonating Native Americans was a specialty. This ad played on TVs all over America, and for a hot minute, it seemed like Earth Day protests were really making a difference. Here were the actual plastic companies telling people to stop littering and to be more conscious of the environment so the Indian doesn't cry. Sure, you could have spent the money finding ways to make plastic more reusable, but why do that when you can just placate the masses by making it look like you're trying to change? And it worked. People started throwing their trash away, and it even helped start the very first few recycling plants. And those few recycling plants gave way to the best idea yet. So that's how these plastic companies created recycling. I mean, they they like run the monopoly. They they run the whole thing. So plastic was supposed to be the product of the future. And uh, I got some questions for Opa because when you were a kid, when you had the milkman, right? The guy that would bring the milk and. And everything like that. Yep, we had uh, Borden's milk. He drove up in his uh, little truck, and he came up with a little basket full of milk, which was in glass bottles with a little uh, uh, cardboard top. And he would take the empties and leave the full ones, and then they would take the empties back and steam cleaning them or whatever they did to clean the glass, and then fill them up again and bring them back. So I think that's how they brainwash people because that's actually recycling. And so when people, like when it first came out, people thought, you know, we could do what we do with glass, but the plastic. And then, do you remember when that started, Opa? When you started seeing plastic everywhere? Uh, probably, I'm going to say, night in the 60s, maybe. Uh, maybe even a little earlier than that, but, but probably around the 60s. They also did... Uh, uh, the soda bottles they were all bottles and my first job as a little kid was to uh, sort out all of the glass bottles into the different uh, containers so that when uh, coke or dr pepper or pepsi or whatever came to pick them up all of that all of their bottles were in one carton and 
all of the other guys because it was in another carton and the uh, shop owner would pay me 25 cents so they would just already have them ready to be recycled and cleaned and all that right exactly so like even uh i know too much history about disneyland but monsanto plastics had the house the home of the future at disneyland in 1957 so everything in that house was created by plastic but it just i don't know it, it blows my mind how how many things they thought plastic could be used for so let's find out about the birth of recycling right, let's play this clip you know i'm what i've always wanted to be By 1970, plastic products that were recyclable, like milk jugs and soda bottles, had the official recycling symbol stamped on them. That is good news. Clubs don't have to feel guilty anymore about buying plastic milk and soda bottles. The bad news is that milk and soda bottles make up just a tiny percentage of all the plastic out there, with most of it not being recyclable. But there is still hope. The public mind has now associated this symbol with being good for the planet. So all you have to do is latch onto that association. So you come up with your own version of the recycling symbol. You make the arrows a little bit thinner, you slap a number in the center of it, and then you lobby to slap this symbol onto every plastic product in existence. Here's the official recycling symbol, and here is the resin identification marker, or resin identification code, concocted by the plastic industry. There are seven different resin identification codes, yet realistically, only two out of the seven types of plastics can be recycled. But it worked. Consumers didn't know what these big numbers meant. All they saw was what looked like a recycling symbol. So they just assumed that all plastic products with the symbol were recyclable. Buying plastic no longer meant that they were destroying the planet. So they kept on consuming. When in reality, you knew the truth. That plastic recycling would never work. That it would always be too expensive. That plastic degrades every time it was recycled. So it could only really be reused two or three times. But that didn't matter anymore. Because the public's guilt was satisfied. If the public thinks the recycling is working, then they're not going to be as concerned about the environment. And although these codes should have made the life of recyclers easier in theory, because they can now easily separate what is recyclable from what isn't, it had the opposite effect. It made recycling almost impossible now, because people were throwing way more junk into the recycle bin. So now for this last clip about the recycling scam, uh, it's about like, what are we supposed to do about this problem, about this plastic recycling problem? So let's play this clip. In the U.S., we're recycling less than 50% of our bottles and cans. Join PepsiCo in the recycling of every last bottle and can. And the advertising campaigns didn't end there. Hundreds of ads, hundreds of campaigns, all encouraging people to recycle their plastics so they could protect the planet. One plastic lobbyist famously said, what we need to do is advertise our way out of this. The bottle may look empty, yet it's anything but trash, says one ad from 1990, showing a plastic bottle bouncing out of a garbage truck. It's full of potential. We've pioneered the country's largest, most comprehensive plastic recycling program to help plastic fill valuable uses and roles. Do the right thing, it's an obligation And your credit will thank you for your cooperation I'm reusing this plastic jug and making it into a funnel and a tool holder Jars, nuts, bolts, screws, nails Reuse it for the future, it's worth it these ads were made to look like they came from environmentalists, when in reality, it really came from the fossil fuel companies behind all this plastic in the first place. Why? Whenever the public became outraged, you would fund more recycling initiatives. And when the public died down, that funding was pulled. 
With all this advertising came the introduction of single-use plastics, like straws, shopping bags, bottled water. A material designed to last forever was being thrown away after one use. But don't worry, because you can recycle them, building up the industry's revenue to an insane $1.2 trillion a year. Cigarette companies and the diamond cartel are often credited as some of the greatest marketers of all time because of the feats they pulled off. But their practices eventually became somewhat well-known to the public. But the plastic industry? Today, hardly anyone even knows about the ruse that was pulled off. Some recycling makes sense. Reusing aluminum saves lots of energy. But just about everything else is a scam. When you look at plastic, you know how it helps things stay fresh and safe and light and unbreakable and strong and easy to carry. But take another look. Plastic also saves energy because it helps make cars lighter to save gas. And plastic insulation helps save energy at home. Even these strong plastic bags help save energy because they take less energy to make than other grocery bags. To learn more, call this number for a free booklet. And take another look at plastic. Most of the 300 million tons of plastic waste produced each year that isn't recycled ends up in landfills. But not all of it ends up there. Around 10 million tons ends up in the ocean each year as well. That's the equivalent of one garbage truck full of plastic being dumped into the ocean every single minute, according to some estimates. This could be accidental due to heavy rain and wind moving trash into the ocean, or it could be from illegal dumping, with most of it coming from Asian countries we sell our trash to. And since plastic isn't biodegradable, most of it slowly breaks into smaller and smaller pieces over time. These tiny pieces of plastic are called microplastics, and they either form a sludge layer in the middle of the ocean or end up being eaten by fish. And no matter if you're a raging environmentalist SJW or a hardcore conservative, this creates a problem for you. Not only does it kill marine life like dolphins and whales, we all know about that, but that same plastic ends up seeping its way into practically everything we eat. It's in the delicious sushi I'm addicted to, other forms of seafood, it's in the salt taken from the ocean water, it's in things that don't even come from the ocean like fruits and vegetables, with apples having the highest concentration of microplastics, and broccoli and carrots trailing behind. And sometimes it's even found in the air we breathe. Decades of plastic use have contaminated our air, water, and soil. Eating just a bite of an apple can now mean eating hundreds of thousands of bits of plastic at the same time. And just like when cigarettes first came out, there wasn't decades of smoking history to base studies off of, so doctors just assumed it wasn't bad for you, giving smoking their stamp of approval. Today, we still don't have a clear picture on what the long-term effects of consuming plastic are. Yes, we love plastic so much that we've become one with the same material concocted by plastic and oil giants. So all this trash goes to like India, Indonesia, different countries. They go to the highest bidder. And uh, it's just kind of sad to see, like I've watched a whole documentary on it. I didn't want to go too deep on you guys. Uh, but if you want me to cover more of this, I, I totally can. Because it, it's super interesting and kind of scary because they, they burn it, which can't be good for us as humans to be breathing in these toxins. Do you have any thoughts on it, Jake? No, not particularly, just that it's uh, interesting how there seems to be uh, a way to make money in every industry, even this one. Yep, yep, and they control it. The plastic companies control that industry, the whole industry. So now off topic, uh, I wanted to uh, tell you guys some cool news that happened with me and Jake uh, recently. And I don't know if I want to tell you guys before or after. I guess I'll tell you before. So we had told you that we uh, met Eddie Bravo and uh, we have a date for a Zoom meeting interview. So I just wanted to let you guys know and I'll keep you updated with the times and the dates and all that. But I found something very interesting while I was doing some research about Eddie Bravo and I found this clip of him pretty much predicting what was happening 
in the hospitals during you know what that YouTube won't let me say because you know medical misinformation so uh, check out this clip of Eddie Bravo there's so much bullshit going on and all these lies forging death certificates all over the Okay, but this is the numbers. But, true. Folks, Real, but we on. know realistically, though. They're, so, not, they're, they're not trustworthy. Nobody right, but, that you mentioned is trustworthy. And they're right, all working exactly. together. But it's all like, all the, and like, wait a minute. Once wait a, a cascade of bullshit starts flying around. But there's a lot of theories. Just because you make a conclusion and it's wrong doesn't mean you don't make fun of the person that makes it. Uh, detectives, they put together facts and yes. they make conclusions. Some detectives go, I think it might be this guy. The other detective goes, no, it's probably his brother. And if, if someone's going to be wrong, they're not going to make fun of the other person for being wrong. It's okay as long to as you're honestly looking yep. for the truth, but we're putting is... the facts together. As soon as you find, look, what all I'm saying is there's so much bullshit with the padding of the numbers, forging of the death certificates. Okay, I, I'm padding, not a statistician. Cooking. I don't know if those numbers are accurate. Nobody knows. But the fact that it's a concern. I bet a bunch of people died and they didn't list it as and they had Oh, COVID. no, they get paid no, if no, it's no. I bet, But I bet, Why do I bet people, people get paid? Jamie, alone. Why do people I get paid? People for... didn't, what, I don't think they get paid if they find a body. No, I think I they think get paid more if it's... They're true. in the hospital? Why would a hospital get paid to have a, a death? Like, why would they? Why would that happen? Why, Federal money? Why does the right? hospital get paid I think to have death? I think that doesn't make any sense. How does it work? It is does. what I'm I think asking. They're allocated money to yes. stay open because there's a massive crisis that strains the resources yes. in a way that's unprecedented. So they send them a bunch of money. Yes. Okay. Okay. Look, look, look at it like this. Look. As soon as you establish that the players, like maybe you didn't know them in the beginning. You believed them, whatever, and then now there's so much obvious deceit, deception, and lies. At that point, you gotta go. All okay, we gotta go. We gotta backtrack. Maybe all this is uh, uh, deception, and maybe there's other reasons yeah, why where this do is we start? Wait a minute. You, you at some point, maybe, at some but I point, think you, this you was can't an opportunity. Any I think, of the stats, I, I think, the graphs were wrong. Everything was wrong. But I, all I'm saying is that theory and what your theory. Hey, I'm not gonna make fun of it. These are all just theories. No one knows. Sh there's so much deception. We should all be going, man, it can, maybe it's that. And go, hmm, maybe it's that. Maybe yeah. it's that. Hmm, maybe it's that. Not like, if that. You're fucking crazy. I mean, he's pretty much talking about what my mom talked about in her book. I mean, what are your thoughts, Jake, just about that whole clip? Yeah, I think that it, he's spitting the truth on those big platforms, and I think that, to me, gives, uh, gives me a lot of respect for him being willing to risk his publicity, risk his notoriety, whatever, uh, being willing to speak on those topics and and risk being canceled. I mean, who can't you criticize, right? That was the joke. Uh, well, I mean, we see even last week our show got a strike just for criticizing the medical mandates and stuff and, the, and questioning the numbers. And, uh, you know, I think there's going to be a lot to talk about whenever we get on his show. It'll be in December, so... You guys stay tuned for that. I'm super excited for it. I know I, I straight up called Jake right after and I was like, bro, it's happening. It's happening. It was so cool. But uh, awesome. still stoked to do that, man. But that's all I got for history. Uh, you got some memes for me? Yeah, I got a few. All right, meet me up. I know you're a little younger than I am. I've adopted the attitude of the great Negro. Negro leagues went on to become Negro. Negro. Okay, uh, so to kick us off, uh, hopefully, Opa, you got the video. Uh, it was the meme video. Do you have that on, on docket? 
Yep, sure do. All right, guys, let's kick it off with a funny AI truck commercial. Here at Chevrolet, we're always listening. And the message was loud and clear. You know, I always like Chevy trucks, but they're just so dang small. Why don't they make them normal sized? <laughs> well, miss, we did just that. Introducing the all-new Chevy Goliath. It's not just a truck, it's a lifestyle. Strapped with a fuel-efficient V16 engine, the Goliath doesn't need roads, it just needs you. The Chevy Goliath, it's not just better than bigger, it's bigger than better. Hey Ma, guess what Podge's bomb? We got a Goliath. The Goliath, finally, a normal-sized truck. It's like a monorail. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, I, it reminded me of you, Jeremiah, when you were talking about uh, getting a camper, you know, put onto the back of your truck. Yeah, I the Tacozilla. Like, commercial. Well, I would, I, yeah, I would. <laughs> have you noticed that oh, these truck commercials recently, they're always like almost committing suicide. I probably shouldn't say that on YouTube, but they like go so close to the edge and then they stop right before. They go off the edge and every time i watch one i'm like oh my gosh you're all the same next time you look at a truck commercial or a car commercial watch that they'll go by a ledge and then they'll stop and it's so weird have you noticed that oh yeah that does ring a bell it, it does make you wonder you know they're just like promoting you can go to the edge but not over it <laughs> or we'll oh, push man. you over if you have different beliefs <laughs> All right. Uh, well, we got some memes here. Uh, check this out. It's uh, a really cool uh, painting. It's like a wall painting in mid-Utah, and it's of possible uh, archons, right? Uh, fallen angels, entities, aliens, whatever you want to call them. But, uh, and it corresponds to several other locations around the world. Uh, a temple in Japan, Panama, uh, Serbia, Longhorn Canyon and uh, it's interesting you know they all have the same shaped head and I, I just thought that was a really cool picture uh, depicted uh, you know some ancient that's amazing they all have the same head alright check this out uh, we just passed through Thanksgiving season and this was the OG Thanksgiving you know as recorded as it happened right you had Bigfoot there mm -hmm. hanging out yeah we're thankful for um, Bigfoot uh, in terms of another uh, Thanksgiving, uh, here's Happy Thanksgiving from the World Economic Forum. It's a bug. It's your plat. It's a bug buffet. It's <laughs> You know, you know, oh, good old Billy. He's wanting us to be eating this kind of stuff. I want to see him eat that stuff before I would ever eat that stuff. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Well, I'm sure he he's like, oh, it's delicious. It's just fabulously delicious. He's an, he's an alien, so that's what he does eat. He's a reptilian alien. Yep. <laughs> cool. All right. So uh, I thought this was really interesting uh, in relation to your research uh, with, you know, JFK. 
did you know C.S. Lewis and Huxley, Aldous Huxley, all died on the same date? Isn't mm-hmm. that interesting? These, you know, not only was JFK, you know, really questioning the, 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 you know, monolithic conspiracies and such of his time, but you had C.S. Lewis. You know, we read the Screw Tape Letters which literally was calling out like the deceptive techniques of demons and uh and huxley i'm not super familiar with the works of huxley but he also has some profound words i believe it is is the connection here but i thought this was a little conspiracy of its own why did they all die the same time i'll look into it same day if you guys want me to i'll look into it i don't know man maybe there's something there they were talking about too much too much they knew too much I don't know. Uh, very interesting. All right, check this out. Uh, all right, so uh, this is a you know the famous Dolly, you know, uh, of Dollywood, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, she's a 77 year old woman, and uh, she's on stage pretending pretending to be 20 years old, right? Um, but you know, this is what girls in our generation have been programmed to aspire to be. You know, parading around in their undies, basically acting 20 when they're 70 uh, versus being at home raising, you know, a family, you know, and uh, I think it's just very interesting. You know, we watched that live, dude. We watched that live and it was the most disturbing thing I've ever seen in my life. It was so weird. Yeah, she was part of the cowboy cheerleaders and she could barely keep herself up. If you looked uh, closely at the picture there or some other pictures that are on there, you're going to see that she has a, uh, a body suit on. Yeah, like makes spandex. It, makes it look like skin, and it, and it makes her look thinner. Because there's but... no way. 77 years old? Are you yeah, kidding? Look at her belly button. There's a star there, but that's not really in her belly button. That's actually part of the material that is is uh, covering her legs her and her whole body all the way up oh man how how odd <laughs> uh, and she's so, guess yeah, what she's saying she's saying queen songs she saw she sang a couple of her songs but then she st- started singing queen songs and we were like these aren't dolly parton songs <laughs> it was just <laughs> the whole thing was odd dude Oh, man. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's a it's good kind of message, you know, for guys and for girls. You know, who do you want to be when you grow up? Uh, you know, find yourself a wife who dreams of this, not this, right? So yeah. I thought that was a pretty interesting meme there. And uh, last one of the, the week. Uh, here's a Native American. Here's an African American. Here's a, an oppressed minority. Here's a competent president. <laughs> Here's a hero. Here's a scientist, quote unquote. Here's an expert. Uh, here's a mostly peaceful protest, and here's a woman. Right? Uh, what a topsy turvy world, man. Yep. That's so, so yeah, true. I just uh, uh, funny, funny. You know, it just uh, really interesting uh, seeing how the world's turned upside down. But it's uh, what's right is wrong and what's wrong is right and they expect us all to stay confused but yeah with that said that's all for this week jeremiah all right thanks jank for another great current news and memes as always opa thank you for another great opus corner i hope you guys enjoyed today's history segment we hope you enjoyed today's episode never quit fighting let no man deceive you thank you for standing alongside us as we fight for justice and continue our quest for truth subscribe and stay tuned if you would like to submit a story 
topic or have any other inquiries, please email submit at skibanewsnation.com. Also, you can email Jeremiah Skiba personally at jeremiah at skibanewsnation.com. Also, email Jake personally at jake at skibanewsnation.com. If you want to write us a letter, send us something, help support us, or just say hi, please send your letter to Jeremiah Skiba, P.O. Box 560-271, The Colony, Texas, 75056. If you write us a letter, I'll do my best to write you back. Hey, Skiba News Nation family, thank you for watching. Please like, share, subscribe, and click that notification bell so you never miss an episode of Skiba News Nation. If you want to help support us, please consider becoming a Patreon where you will get exclusive content, shoutouts, and much more. And you can also support our channel by getting yourself some new Skiba News Nation merch. Thank you for coming on this journey with us as we continue to stay on the quest for truth. Huge shout out to all our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for your support. We couldn't do this show without you. If you want to help support us, go to patreon.com forward slash Skiba News Nation. Also, you can listen to Skiba News Nation podcasts on your favorite podcast platform.